What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Make sure you check out this new episode with God Sham God, one of the point guys out of New York. One of my brothers, we came up together. This is an episode you don't want to miss. Wasn't able to be there for this episode, but Matt and Jelani made sure they took care of everything they need to take care of and made it a great episode for you to enjoy. Also, this is the last episode of What's Burning. I appreciate y'all supporting y'all rocking with us. Tune in next season. Welcome back to a special episode of All the Smoke with the legendary, the one and only, God, Sham God. Welcome to the show, bro. Oh, man. Thank you, man. Um, It's a pleasure being on the show. You know, I watch y'all all the time. You know, y'all kick that rail, so it's definitely a pleasure. Man, we appreciate having you. So what's going on right now? How's life treating you guys? Just came on off a nice run last season. Uh, How has the offseason been treating you so far? Man, it's been good. You know, we've just been doing draft workouts. We had free agency camp, and, you know, we just um, drafted an exciting player, you know, Jaden Hardy. So, you know, just talking to him and, and his pops, you know, chopping it up with his team and just getting to know him and getting ready for summer league. That's what we're doing right now. This may be a, 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 a above your pay grade, but I'm going to ask anyway. Y'all going to be able to keep Jalen Brunson. He had a big year last year. Uh, he's hit the market. And that money is going up. Uh, obviously, you know how important he is to your guys' team. Uh, can you give us any insight on, you know, uh, possibilities of him possibly staying with you guys? Man, the only thing I could say is I hope he stay with us. You know what I'm saying? He's homegrown. 
You know, JB is an amazing player. With us, with anybody, he would be an amazing player. He's, you know, he worked he work his tail off, you know, so nothing wasn't given to him. You know, as everybody know, you know, he was drafted in the second round after being called, you know, Biggie's player of the year. So, you know, you could tell the talent speaks for itself and, you know, he worked his tail off and, you know, he, he was very important for us and, you know, hopefully he still be that, you know, in the future. You've been player development in Dallas for the last six years. Tell us how that uh, position came about for you. Uh, well, it came about, I was at Providence College and I was working out um, for people that know Bryce Kai and Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn was the number fifth pick in the draft, the Big East player of the year. And, you know, a lot of people just start seeing and hearing about me working other players out, you know, whether it was doing stuff with Ben Gordon, you know, Dennis Smith Jr., whether it was being like kind of a co-mentor for like Trey Young, you know, talking to his parents and stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of people just, just reach out to me like, all over the like all over the world just because of dribbling. And um so I I started, went back to Providence to get my degree, to finish my degree. Everybody know I left school early. And, you know, it just took my life his own. Then I met uh Mike Picopio. Shout out to Mike Picopio. You know, he was player development at Dallas, you know, before I got there. And him and um Michael Finley brought me in and kind of vouched for me. And I already knew Mark from working out for Dallas like years ago. And you know, they brought me in for a workout. The first they came to Providence to watch me work out, uh, Ricky Lito. Ricky Lito has sat out, you know, the, his, his freshman year at Providence, but he still got drafted. And, you know, everybody kept saying, man, you, should, you know, you should be player development for the NBA, for the NBA, because, you know, you do some of the guys like Victor Aladipo, different people. You know, once I came, you know, my first year, you know, we drafted Dan Smith Jr. You know, I was working with HB a lot, Harrison Barnes, Wesley Matthews, Seth Curry. And everybody saw their development. And then, you know, after that, it just was kind of like solidified. It was more than, you know, because I think when people first thought about it, they thought I was just there to teach people how to dribble, yeah. you know, and they, and they don't understand, you know. It's not really, it's, it's, it is dribbling, but it's not really a such thing as a dribbling coach because, you know, even if you teach dribble, you got to teach how to make layups. You got to teach how to come out of it. So mm-hmm. in, in actuality, you're doing the whole player development. It ain't. Just guards. And then when people start seeing, like, I could teach big men and stuff like that. And it goes back from years when, you know, when I used to work with Kobe and different players and Chris Webber, Kevin Garnett. You know, Jelani, you know, he was in the McDonald's or American game with me. And he know how many, like, whether it was him, whether it was KG, was all the bigs asking me to show them how to dribble. You know, so it ain't just me. Yeah, yeah it, ain't, it ain't just me, like, showing point guards how to dribble. And that's what people don't understand because, you know, it ain't just about dribbling, you know. It's not about just doing a whole bunch of fancy moves and things like that. It's about teaching people to get to the spaces they want to get and playing, you know, comfortable and uncomfortable situations. Mm. Quick question. Someone who was so obviously highly decorated in high school and college, you know, you had a quick stint in the league, mm-hmm. uh, played overseas for a little while. When did it hit you that, like you just said, you kind of, it, it was natural. You've always kind of been a teacher, even while mm-hmm. you were a player. When did you kind of just really buy into, okay, I love basketball to death. Obviously on the court is not necessarily where I wanted it to be, but mm-hmm. I see I can make a whole new living teaching people and I've been teaching people my whole life. So when did you kind of buy into that mindset that, okay, as much as I love the game and want to play me teaching the game is what's going to take me to that next level. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, like you said, obvious, you know, you wish you, you know, you'd be 
you know, Hall of Fame, playing the NBA for a whole bunch of years and things like that. I would say I had just got MVP in China and then like I had got my knee scope. So I went back to Providence to rehab. Mashawn Brooks was there. This was like Mashawn Brooks, like sophomore year. And I was rehabbing and they was asking me like, you know, can you talk to him? There's like, yo, he's a good player. You know, he's on the verge of something, but you know, he's you know, got a lot of stuff going on. And they was like, can you help him? And I was like, I was like, yeah, I, you know, I'm up here working out. We can work out. And actually, right after that, I went back to China and he had a great season. And everybody was talking about, like, how much I helped him. And then he was saying how much I helped him. And then, like you said, I was getting older and I was like, man, I had two two years left of my contract in China. And I was like, do I want to stay over here and play? And then at the AD at the time, me and him went to school together. And he was like man, you should come back and be assistant coach at Providence. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, I really don't know. But then at the time, I was like, well, this would be a perfect opportunity for me to get in coaching because if I keep playing two more years, I don't know who would be the coach here. And then Ed Cooley really embraced me to come to Providence to be a coach. So I was like, man, I got to take this opportunity now because I don't know two years later, I might not have this right. opportunity to walk right. into this. So, like you said, I was thinking about long-term, and I was like, man, I might as well do this now. And then what also helped, I remember right before the Lakers played Boston, and they did an interview with Kobe, and Kobe was like, yeah, you know, because I have never said nothing about it at that point. And Kobe was like, yeah, you know, Shamwell taught me how to dribble and stuff like that. So, of course, when Kobe says something, you know, the whole world listening, <laughs> everybody started hitting me up like, yo, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? And I was like... All right, cool. And then after that, like you said, I just, I came to grips with it more than I think other people did because other people was like, man, you should still try to play. And I was like, nah, man, I'm, you know, once I came to grip with it in my mind, I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yes, sir. Well, once they name a, na- a move after you, you know what I'm <laughs> Right. You, you, come, you come up with that transition a, l- a little easier and the people you were able to get to and teach, you know, those parts of the game that, to come natural to you. I think that's why you were able to have a, um, a, a easier transition. Shout out to the CBA too. I played in China for a couple yes. of years. Yes, uh, man, I, know, <laughs> I know how you can get your game off of, over there. You know what yes. I mean? No, Shout no. out to CBA. Sham, you're you're one of the most you're one of the main characters coming out in Showtime's uh well in a documentary that will be premiering on Showtime on July 29th, Point Gods. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about Point Gods, you know what I mean, and the project, and you know, and how was that for you going through the whole process? Man, for me, it was like I said, you know, shout out, shout out to KD, Rich Climate, and um, you know, Boardroom for even having me on there, want, want me on there, because um, I'm on there with great, with great players that I looked up to, of course, being from New York. You know, it's Ross Stricken, Mark Jackson, you know, Kenny Smith, you know, Pearl Washington, rest in peace. You know, even even my peers that's around my age, you know, Skip to my little Ray Austin, you know, Stephon Marbury, just people like that. For me, it was amazing because, like I said, for me to be lumped in a group of guys like that that's done amazing things, like, in New York City and across the world, like I said, for me, it's amazing because, like, me coming up, you know, class of 95, you know, me and Steph was both point guards coming from New York, and all we wanted to be was, like, a person like Kenny Anderson. You know, so right. pro Washington. At that point, Kenny Anderson was like the best thing walking, you know, his legal weapon three, and for him to be from New York City. I mean, he know. had big dudes wanting to be Kenny yeah. Anderson. Yeah, yeah, he's doing, he's doing, uh, 
he had did the uh, move against Bob Hurley, the NCAA tournament. That was amazing. And, you know, that's all we wanted to do at the time. So when Rich, when Rich and them asked me, you know, of course, you know, it was an honor for me to do it just to, you know, to know my um, impact on on ball players. you know, growing up dribbling and people from New York City. I think it's just a, a great documentary. Every state has something. And, you know, and New York City is known for point guards, you know, so like, so I think this is going to be a, a good thing for not just the local people, but just for the world to see. Does it ever resonate with you? Because I think sometimes as individuals, we're always moving on to what's next and, and mm-hmm. always on that, you know, eternal grind. But the fact that you never really had a long, successful NBA career, but still your name is mentioned with greats and, you know, you're still remembered as one of the ones. But yeah. I think, I mean, does it ever register to how motherfucking dope you really are, even though you didn't say, I mean, the NBA takes a lot of luck. It takes a lot of luck to happen. It's not always skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of the time yeah. it's luck. But for you to not necessarily make it in the league, but to still kind of, I mean, you got your own fucking shoe deal. You know yeah. what I mean? Like for you to still do and accomplish all these things without the long NBA career, but still be talked about in these circles and be a part of projects like this. Do you ever just sit back like, yeah, it was a cold motherfucker, even though the other shit didn't pan out. I was, you know, I definitely did my thing. I just want to make sure you know how nice you are <laughs> and how important you are. And like you said, the impact you had on the game without mm-hmm. necessarily having that long NBA mm-hmm. career. Like you, like you just said, like, I don't, I don't never, I don't, I don't never realize it because the difference, you know, and it's not like, you know, and I don't get into old school, new school, but the difference is, is like, I grew up around a lot of real dudes, you know what I'm saying? You know, just like, you know, I don't cross paths with a lot of real dudes, like whether it's you, Matt Barnes, whether, you know, me and Stack Jack been places together, you know, July McCoy, I'm talking about at a young age, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So like, you know, growing up in the era of the Kobe's and the people where people told you the truth and stuff like that. So everything for me, it is amazing because, you know, everything for me happened organic. You know, we live in we live in a culture now where people try to create uh, create some stuff instead of letting things be organic. And mm-hmm. one thing you know about organic, or, organic love never fades. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When when there's love, when there's stuff that just happens and people know you're not trying to do this trying to do that that that's the real stuff so organic love stays and for me you know it's amazing for me because most people see their inspiration like when they die you know what i'm saying mm. i get to live in my inspiration every day right you know mm. what I'm saying? and then being a part of the nba now when people do moves and certain stuff like that i'm sitting right there and they're like oh Oh yeah, you know Shane was right there on Dallas Maverick bench and stuff like that. So I get to see, I get to see my inspiration every day and my impact. And like you said, it's not about, you know, if I played 30 years, 40 years, it's just about, it's about the respect and the people and the love that people mm-hmm. show me. And it's funny because, you know, I mean, one one year me and Chauncey was in Vegas and me and him was laughing because it was like a group of kids like walking down the street and they walked past both of us and we was just sitting there talking. And then the kid come back and he's like, Oh, you know, I we sitting there. I'm like, oh, okay, he about to ask Sean something, whatever. He come back and he's like, hey, aren't you Sham God or whatever? And I'm like, mm. yeah. And then I'm like, yeah. So we just start talking. He's like, and then he asked Sean. He's like, hey, do you take a picture like this? this <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this is Charles. So me and Charles, we walk off and we laugh. That's funny. We right. laughing, but me and Charles got 15 years of friendship, so we laughing. Mm-hmm. Charles like, yo, that's crazy. Like, I'm Hall of Fame. This is that. And these kids, they yeah. recognize you. And he was right. like, and Charles has always been. 
like a person I could call and talk to, you know, things talk things out. Like even when I was getting back into the NBA, and he the main one, you know, kind of like you said, he's like, man, you don't know how big it is. Like, bro, you got a shoe, you got mm-hmm. this. He was like, yo, that's so crazy. He's like, I know you probably don't realize it now. He's like, but that's so crazy. Absolutely. Chauncey always been like that since 95, since the first time I saw him on the McDonald's football American game where you see him on the cricket. Like, you can pull up. He's never had a big ego. He's only cared about basketball. And if you go fast, he can get your ass back right or at least somewhere close to the middle. So I'm glad you had I'm glad to know that that class of 95 still kept that whole. I feel like, you know, there's a group of us throughout the years. We catch up with each other and we mind each other that we was a cold-ass McDonald's high school mm. class. But, yeah, because it's, like, it's crazy. Like, I try to tell people, I'm like, from the time we was in the McDonald's American going to the mall, getting our ears pierced and all that other stuff, I'm like, yo, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yo, the make, I'm like the 95 class was kind of, like it was like so close. Like yeah. even to this day, I'm like it was like a brotherhood. Like to this day, like when I see Kev and I see everybody, it's like it was just like yesterday. And I and I don't think you have that as much as no more. Like you had back mm-hmm. then where it was like such a brotherhood where dudes could really tell each other the truth and it don't be like a big thing about it. It's right. just like okay, cool. Move on. Let's figure it out. Because it's genuine love. Real quick, so your title is player development, correct? No, this year I got I got promoted, so it's okay. uh, assist, assistant coach player development. There you go. Under Jay Kidd and them, so you know. It's, Congratulations! It's, it's dope. Yeah, nah, I appreciate it. You know, but I say all, all, but I say all that to say you have your own shoe with Puma. Talk to us how yeah. about that uh, situation, how that came um, about. So a couple of years ago, I mean, for people that know, you know, Jay Z got a best friend that's named Emery Emery Jones, mm-hmm. and Emery's like. You know, he's like the culture person like that the brands go to. And he had called me one day and he was like, hey, are you, are you signed to anybody right now? And I was like, nah. He was like, um, you know, uh, Puma's trying to come back to, um, to the culture. And he was like, do you, um, they, they want you to give them some advice on like mm-hmm. what parks to go to, like what kids to look at, stuff like that. You know, would you mind talking to him about possibly being a consultant? So I was like, cool. I was like, yeah, because I know they was trying to do a big splash in New York City at this summer. And I was like, cool. I was like, I could tell you where to go. With parts. So then I get on the phone and we're talking about what they're looking for in an athlete, like to try to, you know, bring it back to where it was before. And after we got off the phone, you know, like a week later, um, OG1 and Jay-Z and then called me and they was like, man, you must have had a good conversation. It was like, because, you know, they was like, yo, won't they just use you? <laughs> and I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And it was like, it was like you're a part of the culture. You know, every, you know, all the kids look up to you for dribbling and stuff like this. And I was like, yeah, it makes sense. And then we were talking about, because I was like, I don't want to do it unless I, I can't do stuff for my community. You know what I'm saying? I want to make sure I do a whole bunch of stuff for the community. And then the craziest thing that happened, you know, like you were saying earlier, Matt, like organically, for some reason, like as soon as I, I signed with them, the, you know, that summer going into the season, everybody was doing the move. So then it was like, it just was like, bam, Perfect bam, timing. bam. It was, it was like, like I said, <laughs> organically, organically mm-hmm. came. And then that's when Russ did it. And Russ finally did it. And then they interviewed Russ. And Russ was like, oh, yeah, that's the move. You know, they called the kids called the sham guard or whatever, whatever. And it was like, it just was happening like every other week. And, you know, to your point earlier, 
if, if I stay playing basketball, that's what people are saying. If I stay, if I don't follow my path and trust in what God got for me, if I stayed and tried to force the issue playing, yeah, it still would have been the sham where I moved, but it would have been totally different if I'm in China or I'm somewhere else. Right. right. Then yep. sitting on the NBA bench is a direct, yep. is a direct connect. So it would have been like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's some guy that used to play in the NBA. Cool. But now kids, because even then, when people were saying the sham guard, kids was like, oh, that's a move. I remember I used to introduce people, parents introduced me, and they'd be like, that's not sham guard. Sham guard's a move. That's not. And they're like, no, he's a person. <laughs> it's a person. You know what I'm <laughs> so, so it's like, so they're like, no way. So now, you know, if I wasn't sitting on the NBA bench and I'd have been forcing and trying to be like, oh, I'm just play just to be playing and make a couple dollars, do this, and not follow what, what God had for me from the beginning. Because like you said, when I look back on it, I'm like, man, you know, even though, you know, McDonald's on American, college on American, stuff like that, I'm like, it seemed like from day one, God was putting me here to teach from me being 17 and teaching Kobe how to dribble at 16 and then keep going. And all along the whole path, whether it's, like I said, McDonald's on American with Jelani and KG, and I'm like, yo, can you show me this move? So when I got drafted to the Wizard, I used to stay out to practice, show Chris Webber moves and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So we used oh, to play bro. against the Lakers and Shaq, like, oh, man, I know you got that, the moves, real, you know, I'm, I'm going to show you show me some of the moves. <laughs> so it was like, of course, my whole path, yeah, right. of course, my whole path, everybody was always asking me, yo, can you show me this? Can you show me that? And then, like, when I finally embraced it, like you said, it just opened up the floodgates. And like you said, this career will last way longer than my playing career. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of it. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. 
Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Well, you just told us all the people that, that, that kind of recognized the game, but how did the move itself come about? Break this down for us. So what happened is, Kansas used to do this move where he, he, he would go one side and skip his legs and go between the legs. So as, as I was growing up, Rafe Ray, used to always do, you know, they used to call him skip to my Louis, he used to always skip up the court. So we used to always do, you know, watch that skip move, stuff like that. And then there was a guy named Sherman Anderson that people would never probably know, ever. But in New York City, everybody know him because at one point they thought him and his name is Sherry Anderson. At one point they thought him and Kenny Anderson was brothers because of the way he dribbled. Mm-hmm. And he had this one-hand crossover. He used to always come up the court. Like if somebody pressed him, he'd come up the court, full court, full court. And then when you get to the foul line, he'd double cross and lay it up. So he's one of the first people when I first moved from Brooklyn to Harlem, I saw a play. And I was like, man, I got to learn how to do one-hand dribble stuff like that. So then in the McDonald's, uh, I mean, um, in college, the first time I ever tried was like against Jeff Gillette. I was trying to do the move Ken Anderson did, like the skip skip to my legs, go between my legs and go the opposite direction. What happened was when I went to skip and threw the ball, I lost the ball. The guy reached for the ball. So the only thing I could do was pull back at the time. Mm. So at this time, <laughs> so at this time, I used to always watch you know, like me learning how to dribble, I didn't have no big brothers. I didn't have none of that. So I used to always watch videotapes in slow motion. So I used to have this this cassette tape called Below the Rim. For people that know, it was like Tim Hardaway, Kevin Johnson, uh, Pistol P, Tiny Archibald, 
you know, and um, and Tiny Archibald was my coach in eighth grade, and he was always like, "Man, if you get a, if if you if you work on your handle, you always going to mean something to a team." And I just got possessed after that to the point where I used to be in the park trying to shake my shadow and all this other crazy. I was looking like nuts though from bugging around <laughs> like stuff like that, you know. <laughs> and then I put ankle weights on my on my wrist to dribble and stuff. So to get back to the point, so when I threw it and I pulled it back later on, I'm watching. My, I would just always watch film. So I'm watching the film in slow motion because I just always watch. So I could learn people's cadence. I could learn people the way, how they have, they, how footwork work, stuff like that. So when I watch, I'm like, man, this could work. I'm like, this could work. So the next day in practice, in practice, I got my guy, Corey Wright, that went to Providence with me. And we stayed in the gym for like 10 hours, just keep going over it, keep going over it, keep going over it, keep going over it. And then once we got in the NCAA tournament, you know, it just took on a life of its own playing against Arizona. And it, and it was so funny because I remember Michael Dickinson, once that happened, we stand at the free throw line, Michael Dickinson, like, man, what you, what you just do? Mm-hmm. And, you know, at that, at that point, you know, you're in competitive mode. I'm like, what? Don't talk to me. Don't talk mm-hmm. to me. None of y'all can't guard me. And I'm just like, yeah. And like I said, still up to that point, I don't know nothing. I'm just, I just did a move. Cool. Yeah. And like I said, organic, I don't know nothing. So organic. I go home. Right. I go home and I'm like, yeah, I'm coming out. So I'm walking past the parks, you know, going to my old neighborhood. And I hear a little kid like, oh, I'm going to sham you. I'm going to sham you. Like, he's talking to another little kid. And I'm like, what? I'm just sitting there watching them play. And then I'm trying to steal the ball from the, the little kid. And the little kid like, oh, I'm a sham guard. I'm a sham guard. And I was like, what? And then after that, that's when I knew it was a thing. But, I'm, you know, like you said, I'm thinking like, okay, that'll fade. That'll fade to mm-hmm. what it is. So I got to give a big shout out to my father for naming me God Sham God because that plays a part of it too. So it's yeah, like, absolutely. you know what I'm saying? Because like I always tell people, my name was Frank or something. I don't know if you'd be like, hey, I'm doing the Frank. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. It might not have worked if it was a Frank. But you did, you all, you all on the all name team with science. Remember Scientific Map, Topic Map? Yeah, yeah. Scientific Map. Like him, him and my father, you know, he's a Poppison. So him and, Shout out to all the Fobbersons. You know, he, him and my father, him and his father, and my yeah, father's but, type. But before we get to, to uh, on to the next, just give me a book. What was the 80s and 90s like in Brooklyn in the basketball scene? Scientific maps, typographic maps, five percenters, hood dudes in between you and Stefan. You know what I mean? There's just so many people in the 80s, 90s that have, like you said, if you mention a name, you might not know who he was, but he was detrimental into the development of the area and either point guards, point guards, yeah. New York City basketball is. So real quick, just give me a couple words on what 80s and 90s basketball looked like in Brooklyn. It was like, for you know, for, for us out here in New York, you know, whether it's Brooklyn, whether it's Harlem, you know, in the 80s and the 90s, it was, you know, we're like, we're like rock stars. We're just like, how rappers are now, that's what we was as basketball players at a young mm-hmm. age. And that's why it was kind of hard for, for kids to kind of make it out of New York City because they they were in the NBA before being in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, even if you go back to Pearl, Pearl Washington, rest in peace. Pearl, Pearl was in high school and used to come to the game with a motorbike and a gold Pac-Man chain that a coach bought him because he, they always say he eat up all his opponents. So he used to come in and they used to call him Pac-Man. And he had come to like this this place called Kingdom King Towers, and it'd be like three thousand people there. 
You know what I'm saying? Like when me and Steph was coming up, you know, Kenny Anderson, especially when me and Steph came up, because that's like 90s was like the real era of like hip hop and fashion, everything in New York. Mm -hmm. And at this point, you know, you got to think me and Steph is like 15, 16. We hanging out with uh, Puff Daddy, you know, Fat Uh Joe, you know, Jay-Z, you know, all these people are legends. They own. you know, you got to think for me, and it was real crazy for me because the era I came in, like, you got to think. I moved from, when I moved from Brooklyn to Harlem, I moved in the middle of Harlem. Right across the street at 15, Cameron lived across the street. Mace live up the street. Big L live down the street. Uh, God bless the dead, Ali Mo, Black Widow, live across mm-hmm. the street. Mm-hmm. So we all hanging out together every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, every day. You know, before Mason Cam start rapping, we hanging out every day. Then, you know, Jim Jones, you know, we all in the same neighborhood. Then we playing for a team called Young Life, where it's me, Steph, Ray, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the same team, Kareem Reed. You That's know not what enough balls to go around. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, then I play I play with Gauchos. You got me, Steph, Felipe Lopez, and stuff like that. So, like, that era was so enriched in culture. You know what I'm saying? It was so enriched in culture. Then when you go away and play tournaments, you meet a guy named Bubba Chuck. That people, you know, at this point, we like, oh, who's this dude? He played football and basketball. You know what I'm saying? And, and all that yeah. other stuff. Yeah, so it was like it was it was just so it was just so enriched in basketball to the point where like I think everybody that was on the nineteen ninety-five McDonald's or American team where they was from was like rock stars, you know, yeah. already. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And 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 we was living like the rock star life. So even when you look at the NBA, the people from the nineties, once they transitioned to the NBA, that's when it took off like the whole fashion thing, the whole jewelry thing, the whole cars and stuff like that, because most of the ball players Felt they was rappers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like they was they was living like embracing that lifestyle, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So that's why I said it was so it was it was so amazing for me to grow up in that era. And I think for me that will always be the best era. Not saying the era that's now, but but back then it was just so all the people there that I was around kind of shaped the culture, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. From Jay Z, from Puff. From staff, from different yeah. players, from AI, you, stuff you, like that. Yeah, the nineties as a whole. The nineties as a whole across the board. Yeah, I think the the nineties across the board: sports, culture, fashion. Yeah, you name it. Music. It was it, it was definitely legendary. And that's why I said. And that's why I said. Like I was the the crazy part because I was like a direct in the midst mm-hmm. of it. You right. know what I'm saying? Because like even if you look at street ball. Rafe, Rafe took streetball to a whole nother level. You know what I'm saying? And this is a person I'm with all the time, too. So it's like, I'm in the middle of, you know, and at this point, Mace is like, almost like Drake in the street. Mace is like, number one young boy, rapping all over. And he's coming with me to all my games, and I'm making him rap for people at the game before he get on. And I'm like, yo, I'm like, yo, my man is nice. He can rap. They're like, man, we don't want to hear that slow stuff. A year later, now he's no one person on the charts, mm-hmm. like going there. You know, Cam always was nice. So, you know, just to have, you know, Cam, Fat Joe on the document, on the documentary is great because they seen most of us, especially me and Steph and Rafe, like since we was like 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Again, Point Gods premiering July 29th on Showtime. Again, shout out KD, Rich Climbins in the boardroom. Yes. Uh, we we winding down right here. Uh, you've been blessed to kind of have a front row seat throughout Luca's career. At what point did you know he was different? 
<laughs> the first practice we had, everybody in the gym knew he was different. The first mm. practice. Because, like, he was throwing passes. He was doing all type of stuff. And then, like, for people that know, like, um, people know how competitive I am. People know how competitive Dow Armstrong is, the great Dow Armstrong. And we would challenge him every day. And he would want to play us one-on-one every day. And the words that you're saying right now, I used to always say to him, I'd be like, yeah, I'm different. And when he coming out the games now, that's what he says every day. Like, a weird joke. And he'll be like, Sham, I'm different. I'm different. You know? <laughs> you know? But, like, you know, L, L is like one of those, L is like one of those people that, you know how you're like a great artist and somebody give you a canvas that's so amazing and you like, okay, I can make this canvas into every anything you want. L is one of those things. You don't have to give him a lot of stuff. You give him a little thing and he turned that little thing into a masterpiece. You know, and that's with mm-hmm. dribbling. That's with changing angles. And, like I said, the sky's the limit for him, you know, like, and, you know, to be on all the smoke, he wants all the smoke. So, yeah, you know, he's not, sure. he's not backing down from nobody. He wants all of it. And he's just, he's just a great player, great competitor. And the one thing that's good, great about him, he's a great person. Like he's a Love good kid, yo. He's a good kid. He listens and, you know, he's going to work his tail off and, you know, he just want to win. That brings me up to uh, one of my next questions. Everybody's seen that picture of him looking a, a little bit more in shape than he's accustomed to while playing internationally. Um, you, you think that's a, a something that he's working on, working on extremely, uh, taking it a little bit more serious now, working on his body so he's able to, you know what I mean, be the best Luca that Luca can be. Yeah, you know, Luca's one of them, pe- one of them, one of them players, one of those people that, you know, he hear everything. Like, you hear everything, and he's going to make the adjustment, you know, that he see fit, and he's going to and he's gonna prove people wrong all the time. And for for him, I just think, you know, when, when he did so much that he did the year before, you know, of course you got to relax your body, you know, and stuff like that. Maybe it's too much, maybe not. But, like, right now he's taking everything serious, and he hear everything, and he sees, like, what such impact he, he makes on the NBA and on our team. And, you know, he just want to get us up to a great start next year. And I think mm-hmm. he's, he's going to do everything possible that he can to make sure that happens. Absolutely. Being someone who gets an opportunity to work with him, what are the, some of the kind of stuff you guys work on? Is it anything new or is it kind of fine-tuning what he already has? No, nah, it's more it's more fine-tuning. Like, Luca came here. Mm, with a package. Yeah, he came here great. You know, he came here good. It's, 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 our, it's our job to always help to make him great, you know what I'm saying? Because he already came here good, you know what I'm saying? So if you don't make somebody that's good, great, then you're doing them a disservice, right. ain't perfect disservice. So, like, for him, everything's just more fine-tuned, you know what I'm saying? Because in his mind, in his mind, you know how the great players are. In his mind, they have, they have things they want to get done. They have things they want to accomplish and how they want to accomplish. So it's just our room. It's just our, our, you know, we just have to give him room to insert us into what he wanted to do for us to my player development, like to get accomplished. You know, he might come and say, yo, I want to work on back downs. I want to work on this. I want to work on, it could be just, yo, you guard him and put in different body types on him just so he could see it and get the right angle. So now when he's in the game, everything is live and, you know, he's going through the process in his mind. Because like I said, like Luke is one of those, he's one of those savants, you know what I'm saying? And he got the it factor. You know, there's a lot of great players, 
But I think so many great players that have the it factor. And, and yeah. as everybody see, he got the it factor. The one thing that you just mentioned that I loved, and I remember Kobe talking about this, like the trainer should never tell you what you need to work on. You yeah, need to know yeah. yourself what you need <laughs> exactly. to work on. You know what I mean? Exactly. The fact that he knows exactly what he wants to do at his young age. I just, yeah. Luca the Great. It's going to be a beautiful yeah. thing to watch, uh, man. Yeah. And I think also it's having a guy like Sham God on the staff who understands, you know, he was a he was a maestro with the basketball. He right. knows what, what, what people are reacting to or switching up to or keying on. Mm-hmm. So it's also about having people on the staff to understand, hey, this dude don't need too much. He sees mm-hmm. something yeah. we don't. We need to try to get on the same page. So, like you said, it's an even exchange. Like another word you use, organic, as opposed to going in there with a plan. 100 crossovers, right? (laughs) Sometimes some some people who do basketball development people, they go haywire when you can't make it. It's oh, on their little cheap. You know, they'll go, they'll, they'll trip out a little bit. You know, Sham God has always been, since I've known him from 95, he's been able to adjust on the fly very quickly. Like, I could come up to Sham God in 95, but yo, teach me the Sham God. No, what you need is a basic one, two, hit him with a cross <laughs> and get yeah, like yeah. the fly. No, you don't need that. Let me give you this and you're going to be mm. straight to go back work on this and you're going to be straight so like i said mm-hmm. like uh, i want to take my give you your flowers and you know as a class Definitely. of class of 95 and let you know it's not just savant talent it's yep, savant yep. talent mixed with people like you who understand the game the man you know what i mean why people think why some people you know savantish things so it would it doesn't work that way without you. That's why you got, you know, that's why your job title changed. Mm-hmm. Yes, Jay, congrats. You know, that, yeah. You nah, I appreciate it. Like yeah. I said, I appreciate it because it's like, you know, and that's, you know, like Matt know this because he's, you know, been in the league for so long. And then he know like Jason Kidd and stuff like that. Like the way Jason Mon is, you know, he wants everybody to be better. You know what I'm saying? He wants everybody to continue to grow because he's been such a giver. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, everybody can see the difference, like how he worked with Luca this year. And then you got, you know, a great owner in Mark Cuban. You got, you know, a great GM and Nico that been around, Nico Harris that been around basketball. You got a great president. You got, you got a president. Sin. Yeah, yeah. So it's that's like, a, yeah, it's a yeah. so it's like, it's like you got, you got all basketball people. So now, you know, everybody gets a, you know, grain shake jeans, Sean Sweeney, you know, we just got uh, quitting. So it's like, you know, you just watch Peter Patton. So you just watch all these people and all these people know enough to where, like you said, we know when to fall back and when to push forward, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to every player. Because every player is different. Like Matt, no, every player can't be told what to do. Every player mm-hmm. can't be, you know, some people that want to be told what to do. And there's right. some people that just want to be like, okay, hey, this is what I want to work on. And it's mm-hmm. like, and, it, and and you take your ego because ain't about a sham, but ain't about to right. take your ego out of it and say, "Okay, cool, let's let's just get that done." Final question before we get out of here: ninety-five McDonald's All-American team, which I got two members of, or the ninety-six team, who wins? Oh, ninety-five. That ain't even close. That ain't even close. That ain't even close. That ain't even close. Yeah, you know, close. That ain't <laughs> hey, we yeah, may have to carry. Is, hey, we may we may have to carry this conversation on when we have a '96 representative here next yes, time. Yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like I like I tell people all the time, I'm never gonna argue. '95, if it ain't one, it's two. 
It, it got to be top two. Right there. Right it there. Top two. B, one A, one B. Yeah, like, anything, B anything else ain't civilized. Because only <laughs> one. And this is this is the reason, and this is this is my criteria for it, right? If you look at now, you know, and then this is not me, this I'm, this, this, I'm talking about consensus, right? So if you look at now, we probably got we got the first high school player that went that went crazy, KG. Right? I mean, there's mm-hmm. been other high school players, but I'm talking about. That started off, that went crazy KG. We arguably got the best dunker, and we got the arguably the best dribbler mm. in one class. Then we got Paul Pierce, we got Jelani, we got, J- we got Antoine Jameson, we Reece. got Sharif Abdul Rahim, that people don't know. Chauncey, like how good. Chauncey was hurt. Chauncey, Chauncey was hurt. Chauncey Phillips. You know, so I'm just, we had Wayne Turner, that people Ron really Mercer. Ron Mercer, like, you know, Y'all had got, uh, Steph Marbury too, right? Yes. So like yeah. that. So we we got what I'm saying is we got we got culture changing people mm. that the world say. Not uh, I'm mm-hmm. not saying right. I'm saying the world say. Yeah. So that's, that's what they say. That's what that's they say. That's what they say. That's what a lot of people say. A lot of people, <laughs> people, <laughs> people say. That's what they say. Well, God, man, we appreciate you. Are you going to be a summer league? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we definitely, we definitely got to catch up. We'll be out yeah. there all week, so we definitely got to pull up and chop it up a little okay. bit and kick it. But for everyone out there, Point God premieres on Showtime July 29th. We Go appreciate your time. Best yes, of luck. Congratulations. We got you. You're giving you your flowers. Congratulations on the promotion, nah, man, and, and continued success, my brother. Man, I appreciate it. Thank y'all for having me on. Jay, see you later. Yeah, fellas. Love, bro. Oh, you know, it's 95. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T Connects, an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. 
Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.